0: like sports i could do something in sports maybe i could be like an announcer like a color man
1: well you know they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are you know in broadcasting
2: well that's really not fair Hey, what's up, everyone? This is another episode of the Box and One podcast. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, we'll be talking about uh, the Raptors offseason moves, the Rogers Center and potential plans to demolish it, and Greg Vanny stepping down as TFC manager. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube and hit the little bell to make sure you don't miss any of our content. Also, subscribe on podca- uh, to the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen uh, also, check out our last episode with uh, Pat Benson Jr., where we discussed his book uh, "Kobe Bryant Sneaker History." A really good episode. Uh, I strongly recommend that you listen to it. it was, he's a really cool guy. Uh, shout out to Pat. Been reading the book. Um, really enjoying it so far. Um, so boys, we're we're back together. It's been a, another another mm-hmm. few weeks. Yeah, but I mean, hey, we're, we're at it again. Um, should we do a quick introduction? You think everybody knows us by now?
1: They know us. Let's
2: go yeah, on. Our, our, <laughs> our family's familiar with us now. <laughs> All right. I'm so
0: from Denmark and Ireland. Always shout out. <laughs> yeah.
2: So let's, let's start with the uh, Raptors off season moves. Uh, so just to recap some of what's been going on. Um, Gasol out to the Lakers, Ibaka gone to the Clippers uh, we've brought in a, a few guys. So we have our, our two draft picks, Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris, um, Alex Lin is in, Aaron Baines, uh, DeAndre Bembry. They have two Exhibit 10 contracts, um, Yuta Watanabe, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Ellison. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know that they really factor much into it. Uh, also, obviously, the, the big signing um, locking up Fred Van Vliet. And uh re-signing Chris Boucher. So they've I, I know a lot of people were nervous when the first few days of the the offseason were, were kind of panning out and like they weren't really doing much of anything. I think their their focus was obviously pretty much Fred Van Vliet. Do you guys you guys think that you know th- that they were really interested in anybody else during the offseason? Serge was
1: the word is he was offered a one year twelve million dollar deal. Um, the Clippers gave him sec a two year deal, 19 million, second year being a player option. So I guess Serge, it could have been a combination of preferring that security of having the second year, maybe also situating himself in LA where he can continue, uh, where he can build his media career. That might be part of it as well. Both things combined, he end up with the Clippers and with Kawhi again. Gasol, I never really thought. I think that his, I, I I suspect that they, zoomed in or zeroed in on him once it was clear Serge wasn't going to come back. I don't. I think that if they had their plan A, it would have been Serge returning on the one year deal, Boucher backing him up. Gasol, even though he can still play D, was really st- was starting to show his age, and there's still some things he does very well defense, uh, screens, passing, but the, offense, the offensive game is gone and he's not the rebounder he was either. So better to get rid of a, let a guy walk a year too early than a year too late. But I'm not too concerned. I mean, it's clear that the plan is to keep as much flexibility for next off season as possible. I think Aaron Baines is an interesting sign for... Two year deal, second year option. So they're not locked in. Len, again, it's a one year deal. I believe, I believe it's one year, or if it's two, it's the, op- the team option again. So Baines has developed a three point shot. He plays hard, plays D, will fit into that culture here. I expect internal growth from Pascal and more internal growth of Pascal and Fred OG for sure. So I think they're pretty much going to be what they've been the past few years, minus the Kauai year where they were champs. I think they'll be a very good team in the East, good enough to win a round or two, and they'll be well set up for next offseason.
2: Yeah, awesome. Any any issues with uh, with losing Gasol or Ibaka?
0: No, I think what Freeman said makes sense, right? I mean. Uh, especially with Serge giving him a two-year deal, you want that flexibility available going into next off-season. So obviously, and-, and Gasol, while he had his um, strengths, which it- when they acquired him, you-, you know, it was much needed. Uh, some a big man who can move the ball around a little bit. But I think uh, the rest of the game hasn't, pro- you know, it- isn't where it used to be uh, offensively. He's no longer the player. So yeah, I'm perfectly fine uh, moving off from both of them.
2: Yeah, me, me too. I, I think it was time and like, you know, there were some stretches where where Ibaka played some good basketball in, in the playoffs, but I think he's very replaceable. Um, I prefer to have the flexibility and I, I know Raptors Twitter was like, they were going crazy when, when, when some of these moves are going down some of the guys that we missed out on, but like, I don't see it. I, I don't know if some of these people are just kind of late to the game and, you know, maybe they think that because we won a championship one year, uh, we're we're going to be you know we're going to be in the thick every year and yeah obviously that's the hope but right now you know when you're trying to plan for 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 next year's free agent class I don't think it made sense to just you know make to to, to make any knee jerk reactions and and sign some of these guys who are out there like yeah Harry Giles would have been nice um, you know I, at one point I saw people throwing out. Uh, hassan whiteside's name out there i wanted no part of some of these guys that that people were were kind of freaking out that we lost i'm okay with the moves that we made i think when you look at it we, we don't get we don't get wrapped up into any terrible contracts for an extended period of time not that surges would have been a terrible contract but the flexibility for me is is major when like you know you don't you don't want to get stuck into anything and and kind of handcuff, handcuff yourself for for the next free agent class so I'm I'm cool with it. I'm happy that we didn't overpay for Fred. I think we were very fair uh, in what we gave him, and and I think the deal to me honestly works out on both sides. Four four years, eighty five million, I believe it was. Um, I, I I said don't go too high into the twenties, and they didn't do that, so I I think it was it was a good bit of business. Um, what are you guys thinking about this year though? Like so. Do you think we're like a middle-of-the-pack playoff team?
0: I think anywhere between four to seven in my – well, four to six maybe, somewhere around that.
2: Three to six. Um,
1: Three to six. And top four is – I mean, so let's put it this way. The Raptors were the two seed after losing Kawhi. We didn't lose this year what we lost last year. And this is now. That doesn't mean that past performance is no guarantee of future performance. But
0: you're not a mutual funds there, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I think that mm, they're a good organization. They're an organization that develops players really well. Like I said, there's still a higher. I really believe that guys like Pascal and Fred and Og can get to one. There's one more level they can each get to, and I believe. Assuming that they had their normal off season, as due to the pandemic, I mean obviously Pascal has something to prove. Fred has something to prove now that he's getting paid. Og, I think he can take it up. He really just as the year went on got better. I think that there's a he has a lot of upside. Um, Norm, I, think, I mean I don't know I don't not as young as people. Say he is I think he is. He's twenty seven. I, I he had a really really good year. And he, that I mean, he almost doubled his points per game. So when that happens, you question how how sustainable that is. I mean, I would love for him to continue to be that good. But even if we see maybe a step back from him, I'm I think that they will be fine. I think the big their starting like their starting five is pretty solid. They play well together. They. Can defend like crazy. They will. They'll. I think they'll see, even we'll see some more wacky stuff this year with their defense. Um, so, yeah I have, I have them where I've they've been pretty much every year since the Rudy Gay trade.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the important thing is, in addition to you know, getting that internal growth, I think we're going to see an evolution of the offense a little bit. Um, you're, you have, you know, throwing Aaron Baines in there, I think is is really interesting. And, you know, in, in a year where Chris Boucher could potentially be seeing a lot of minutes, I mean, I, I, I think I saw somebody saying, like, you know, mid to high 20s. I don't think it's going to be that many. Probably low 20s is a good spot for Boucher, but I'm really interested to see how they can integrate him being a regular in the lineup, um, but I'm I'm not. I, I think I think that's fair. I think three to six, you know, four, four to seven, you know, that's that's probably where we're going to be, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not going to be crazy to think that you know, given you know, the Kawhi year was a very unique year, and I'm not crazy enough to think that you know, after losing Kawhi, that we're still going to be necessarily at the top of the East this year. I didn't even like, I didn't think we were going to be anywhere near the top of the East last year. Um But that, that doesn't mean that we can't compete every, every game. And, you know, nurse has shown that he alone can, can, can change a series can change, can change games with his adjustments and what he's able to scheme up. So um, I think, I think it's fair middle of the pack. That's fine. And then let's see what we're able to get out of next year. And, and I know there was some talk about, some of the moves that we made and, and the contract that we gave, uh, it may have been Len. Where you know, if you package him with a norm and with a somebody else, you you could potentially work in a a, a deal for for Giannis. Which I don't, I don't think that's happening. I don't think the Bucks are going to be trading in mid season. But it's just it's just interesting that we can we 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 have some options open where we can fit somebody in like that under the cap. I don't think that. I mean, they, I think
1: they they are well set up to if they really. If a big fish becomes available at the deadline, they are set up to acquire that player. They have all of their picks moving forward. They have some young assets. They
2: have that's my dog going crazy. <laughs> they yeah, they
1: yeah, uh, I think that they are very they did a they had a very good measured off season. I think winning a title takes that pressure off. Like you don't have to go balls to the wall and make that big move all the time. Right. Like now they've won. Not that they are not trying. It's not that they're going out there to lose, but I don't think that there's that pressure to say, this is the year. This is the year they have. They've given themselves some runway to say, okay, we got that one title. We couldn't keep Kawhi. Our next big play, our play now is 2021. Now, Again, there's still some uncertainty. What's going to happen with Masai? There, he's certainly making. There's certainly acting as if he's going to be here. I mean, they're definitely. He's definitely. And if he's not going to be here, yeah, whether it's Bobby that fully takes over, um, they're setting themselves up for 2021. And there's definitely no urgency on Masai's parts. But I think his presence here is going to be a big deal for. Any free agent, especially if it is Giannis. I mean, a big part of that is going to be his relationship with the with Masai. So I guess these moves are of sort of. I'm cautiously optimistic that they are acting as if Masai is going to be here long term. That the they're not setting. He's not setting things up for his exit. So, um, yeah. I think that we're in a, uh, we're in good shape. Uh, so,
2: Awesome. Let, let me ask you a question. If let's say things don't pan out the way we hope they do next off season and we're not able to land that big fish. Um, how how are you feeling about kind of being a middle of the pack team for, for the next couple of years while we kind of figure things out that, I mean, that that's provided that let's say, you know, Pascal isn't able to take the next step and, and kind of carry the franchise.
0: That's interesting because that was something I was going to ask you guys, and and that's why I think flexibility comes in, like becomes even more important, right? So we're all assuming they're going to go after Yanis, and that and that's the plan, and it's fairly obvious to us and probably you know, pretty much everyone uh, in the world right now. But if they don't, not having that you know, having that flexibility helps them reset a little bit as well, right? So for me, two things stand out. What's the next evolution of the existing guys on the roster is? um, Maybe that'll probably help set up. that Okay, is it time to move on from people? And, uh, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to just be around that, you know, second-rounder playoff team um, and, you know, you can take a step back and maybe reset a little bit. Or do you feel that you've seen enough growth further from Pascal or... OG, that okay, maybe we can push for another, you know, conference final or something. So I think a lot will depend on how these guys evolve over the next season. Right? What do you guys think?
2: Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've I, and not saying like that that mediocrity is okay, but I mean, I've seen some some bad years. We've all seen some bad years with this franchise. I don't think we're headed anywhere back to that. Um, but I, I also don't want to see you know, next season, if, if we miss out on a guy like Giannis, I don't want to see them make any just like, you know, moves where they feel pressured into just signing anybody. I'm okay with them kind of waiting to see what they have in their young guys, you know, possibly moving for somebody, you know, bring, bring on a contract to see if they can fit them in. Um, I think there are other ways other than just signing a big free agent in the off season um, to, to improve this team. And, you know, the, I, I, right now, with with Masai here, and provided he stays here, I, I, I trust I trust him and Bobby Webster making the decisions and and bringing the franchise into kind of the the next stage.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: All right, so I think like I think we're all pretty much in agreement that you know it, it's not it's not end of. It's you not know, end of the world.
0: Really decent competitive team. Com- uh, as long as these guys continue to improve, right? So exactly, you'll have Lowry another year older, maybe in, you know, no, no longer the same guy. Move on from him. We'll we'll have Fred. You'll still have Fred. You'll still have Pascal OG. Um, curious to see how Baines uh, does this year. So should be fun.
2: Yeah. And- the move that I'm actually most excited about, and maybe I'm I'm, I'm crazy for actually thinking this, is the DeAndre the Bembry signing. Just because I I like that he's kind of you know when they got him it, it's kind of uh, um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson esque move, similar ish type of player, except that he's probably a better ball handler, maybe a, a little bit better going going to the going to the basket and kind of creating for himself. But you know, considering that he was a I think it was a 21st overall pick not too long ago. He, he can play some D and get you some steals. like I, him and Malachi Flynn are the two guys that I'm most looking forward to seeing. and some of the so if you look at the what they did in the draft with Flynn and Harris, uh, the Babury move, you can really see that what they're trying to do is is get some guys who can create stuff going to the basket by themselves, which they were really lacking last year. Um, you know, they've got some more mobility at the center position. Um maybe like we we ran a lot, but maybe we see maybe it's just a, a run and gun type offense where you know we're just we're just going balls to the wall and we're we're gonna run you to death
0: so before we move on, I want to ask you guys, what do you think about uh, the plan to play in Tampa, and how do you think that's gonna make an impact over a full season?'
1: Yeah, I think they'll like it, they don't have to come here in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like seriously, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the ones that I think are rooted here, like somebody like a law, it, it, it's a bit of an inconvenience, because like you know a lot of guys that have been here long term are settled here, have lives here that like they have their own, um, you know, their endorsement deals, their businesses, all of their a lot of their other operation comes yeah sure. out of Toronto, so. that 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 will be a bit of an inconvenience that will be not a bit of it will be an inconvenience for them. But on, on the flip side, I think they may enjoy the being in a warm weather place in the winter. They may enjoy, they'll enjoy not having to go through customs for road trips. (laughs) They'll probably, uh, I think maybe the families will like it as like it down there as well. And I mean, they allowed to live in temporary living arrangements. So, that, uh, draw back. so, so I, I, I want to
0: ask one, one, one thing, and uh, I'm starting to think a little bit. So, okay, initially when both uh, NHL and uh, NBA, they did the bubble and, you, you know, made sense, but we know long-term it's it's impossible to do, a like, a full season in a bubble, right? It's really hard. But we're also starting to see, I mean, giving credit where credit's due, MLB finished the season on time. They did it well after the first initial hiccups with a few teams, you know, for the most part, things ran well. There were a few cases here and there. Uh, we're starting to see soccer is doing it pretty well across, like, they're, they're, they're going to different countries, like, you know, especially for a Champions League, that's possible. Um, I saw a cricket match uh, in the Australia, full house in uh, Melbourne. So they've almost eradicated, so that was pretty cool to see a full house crowd a couple of days ago. But Do you think it still makes sense for the Canadian government to take the line that they're taking? Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. It's a bad look to lock, especially in Toronto. It's a really bad look to lock down a city and shut down businesses, but then let a sports team come in and cross the border, have special permission to cross the border. So I think just from an optics perspective, they're facing a lot of there is a lot of pushback. Sorry about that. <laughs> they're facing a lot of pushback. And again, I'm not gonna get into the debate as to whether or not a lockdown is the right thing or not, but it's just how how could you justify forcing restaurants and bars and things places like that to shut down, but then say hey guys you guys can come back and forth from the States openly and travel around the city, even though the States are cases are surging like crazy and you're going to be traveling into hotspot cities. Like it just, you can't do that. So it's going to be, I think it'll be a bigger, really big inconvenience. I think for staffers, like the ones who don't make a lot of money and may have to maintain two households, like the ones that may live in Toronto and have to now find a, um, accommodations in Tampa I mean who knows if the league or the team is paying for any of that stuff so there are going to be inconveniences but I can't blame the levels of government for not approving it especially as if the Jays weren't allowed to come in the summer when cases were much lower and we're, mm-hmm. we're in a second wave right now and cases are higher that we, it's good it's very hard to to rationalize to the public, especially if you're a federal government that's in a minority and I don't want to get reelected. So, so um, whatever happens with this vaccine, if it starts to get distributed, it's the official word is the Raptors are starting the season in Tampa. They may not finish the season in Tampa there. I think the door is open for a mid season move back up back up if um, if it makes it, if uh, cases drop or we or the vaccine gets distributed and we start to see a positive shift so who knows
2: yeah it it would be super hypocritical if if they didn't make the decision like you said like when the j's had the option to do it with cases much lower the government still said no i'm just it, it would be interesting to see if this extends like if if this keeps on going What happens to the next season? Like, do are are the Raptors playing elsewhere? Are the Jays playing elsewhere? Like, the Jays next season is going to be interesting if they if they end up playing in Toronto or or, you know, or what? But you know, perfect segue, the Rogers Center. So, we'll see if the if the Jays will be playing in the Rogers Center next come next summer next season. Uh, But some news came out. There was a report came out about. Uh, the potential plans to uh, build a new stadium for the Jays. Uh, I believe I, it was it was two plans that came out, right? Like there were two separate plans. One was to demolish the Rogers Center and build on uh, build a new stadium in its place. And then there was another waterfront proposal, I believe, or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's plan B.
0: I think right. planning would probably be more realistic, knowing that Toronto is a collection of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of ugly looking condos, so that plan A would probably work very well and do more realistic. Uh, yeah, plan a,
1: I still think that land would be redeveloped, but maybe elsewhere.
0: But I, I really think that it's, it, it's time that you have a ballpark that's dedicated to baseball. And I, I don't know if you need to have that kind of capacity anymore. Like you can work with like a 30, 35,000 stadium with. Like I've seen smaller stadiums, and in, in all honesty, the new ones that are open concept, and uh, it's just a different feel for the game, right? Um, last year, I was at um, I was in Minnesota, so I saw Jace uh, playing the Twins, and uh, the target field was pretty cool. Uh, my favorite's PNC, and um, I, I think there's something to be said about it. Um, and even um, and even better news is that they're looking to finance the whole thing uh, privately, so. Uh, not looking for any uh, government support, at least as of now. Though. So overall, I think uh, I'm all for it. It's a big, gigantic concrete slab that hate it. is extremely ugly. And like, I-, I know it served its purpose, and we've seen some pretty cool moments, but I, I think it's time uh, to put it out to pasture.
2: Yep. But, yeah, I-, I completely agree. I-, I don't know if you guys saw uh, th- there was a – I think it was an article where you know there were some comments by Richard Petty about his time as uh, as CEO where he kind of after the shortly after that at that time Sky Dome was built, he took a trip to Camden Yards, I think it was in 90. when did Camden open 91 or 92 and he walked into the ballpark and he kind of looked around and he's like, oh shit <laughs> because it, he could kind of see that that multi-purpose facility, it, it does like it doesn't like we've all watched games there and it just doesn't give you the same feel as going to a real ballpark like one the turf like i, I can't stand watching the games on turf either on tv or in person and just it's a big cavernous facility like when, like the, the windows in center field used to be cool probably in the early 90s but now you look at it you're like it's it's an eyesore and they you know they've made improvements here and there where you know it's kind of improved the experience you know the the deck in in the outfield where you can kind of go stand but it it's just it doesn't have that feel I, I just the only thing is thinking about this where do you play it? if if you're tearing it down where are you playing your games I still
0: play in Buffalo. Keep you've proved it. It's it's gone well. And if if next year you still have issues with crowd, I know it's a double whammy, you're losing revenue. But at the same time, it's it's already a lost year, might as well put you know, uh, just tear it down and go for it. There, then okay. I don't know if they'll have the approvals that fast. Apparently I'm not I, I could be wrong, but I think the counselor for that area said that they, he hasn't been approached in a while, so we'll we'll see where they're at.
1: Yeah, so, but in terms of where they play from what i understand the south they can still build on the south part of that land on the south end of that land and keep the rogers center open playing there or continuously playing there while building the stadium so that's from what i i would understand can
2: you i'm i'm just thinking about it like i haven't seen
1: the map i haven't seen the maps and the spacing
2: are you talking about across the street where where Steam Whistle is, or are you talking about on like, like the front part of the stadium on the south end?
0: I thought it was the half of it, like the southern half, right? That that would. I thought of the, the
2: southern way. half,
1: heading towards going towards Steam Whistle. So, is that where
2: the, that's where the hotel is? I think mostly, right?
1: Though the hotel is on the other end, so that's if you walk around to uh-huh. between Gates One and Fourteen. So it this would where be five and six, in the box office are. It would be interesting. It would be really interesting. Apparently, apparently the, it, it's possible. Apparently, this, this is now, again, I haven't seen, I don't think, any of the maps or um, any of the, what do they call those? When you, like, the, the, blueprints? <laughs> yeah, the blueprints, the specs, whatever have been yeah, yeah. No models put out. But apparently, it's possible. I mean, I, I would have to think that there there is a plan in place to play elsewhere for a period of time. Like, I don't think you'd come up with such a big, big idea that, oops, oh yeah, (laughs) uh, whatever. I'll think that there's something in mind, or maybe the truth is plan. This is just a leak. Maybe the truth is plan. Yeah. Is really plan a, and they are going to go, they're going to just completely refurbish that whole land there and move the J's over to where, um, the Google neighborhood project got, um, yeah was uh, got discontinued.
0: there's no go train station nearby, right?
1: No. That's part yeah. I maybe mean, that would be a part of it, it is it the city it would be also developing more transit towards that area.
0: Cool that's yeah. the one thing about this ballpark that is better than most of the ballparks is the ease of getting to it yeah. is incredible. Like they're... How
1: do you think I feel <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right there. So, I can see it from my balcony that,
0: that, all- well, you could have carpooled with Kevin Pillar, but that's a different story. I think
2: there's a couple um, Rowdy Teles, Rowdy Teles. So th- this is actually this is a good point. The the transit is a big thing, and, and like so, when BMO Field was built, when they were looking at other sites, transit was was a big a big factor in it. Which I mean, funny enough, that if you've ever been to a TFC game at BMO. It's it, like, it's a nightmare sometimes getting there. You, yeah, sure. There's like, sure. Sure. There's, there's the gardener. Uh, there's the, there's exhibition ghost station, but like, it's, it's not exactly when, when you're looking at streetcars. So like there, it's not the best getting there and it kind of ruins the experience sometimes, especially when you're trying to get home and you're, you're being packed like sardines into a, into the one go train that's going home. So like, right now the spot that Rogers Center is in is it's, it's perfect because you have everything going. You can drive, you can, you can take the go, you can take the subway it's, and, and you can take the go from, from anywhere. Like all cities are coming into union station. It, it's just the, the area that it's in right now is so perfect that I hope they don't move it because I like going to ball games in the middle of the city where it's so easy to get to. And you know, I got, tons of options, restaurants and bars and, you know, things to do after the game. It's it's just so convenient the way it is right now.
0: You know, the one thing I'm really looking forward to a new ballpark besides aesthetics is Food? some better concessions. Yeah. Like, honestly, man, like, okay, it's improved a lot over the last two to three years. But early on, it's like, it was, yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to see the plans. I, I hope that the next leak is an actual proposal. I want to see, like, I, I want to see if they can pull this off. Where if there is the space available to continue playing games at the Rogers Center while they build the stadium, and then once you get to a point that the finishing touches can be done in an off season, you take out, you uh, demolish the old dome. I'm all for it. I, I, I think that if it's privately funded, everybody's going to be for it. That's the, that's the key. There are a lot of benefits if it's privately funded. Mm-hmm. You're coming out of a pandemic, a, pri- a massive privately funded uh, project like this would create a lot of jobs.
0: So it, it buys a lot of goodwill for yeah. a company that generally doesn't federal
1: government, have well, federal government owns the land around it. Well, the value of their land will go up if it's developed. Yeah, the city. Um, would love it because if it could just add more economically to the city.
0: And I think you so so here's one thing I've always not liked about Toronto and, and I, I, I see the value and importance of condos but it's just sometimes the downtown becomes an eyesore and having a true authentic ballpark may at least alleviate like you can see something that's beautiful like if you see an ATT park like like from a drone or something besides the water. Yeah. It looks cool, right? And same thing about PNC by yeah. uh, the river. It's just, so maybe, you know, it adds to the aesthetic value. Um, um, and one thing about Toronto, it always reminds me, And sorry, it's a segue, but um, Anthony Bourdain, when uh, he, I don't know if he did an episode in Toronto or he just went in and he says, it's not a good looking city. It's not a good looking town. You've got all the worst architectural fads of the 20th century. <laughs>
1: Yeah, in many yeah, because condo, 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 condo. And what, I'm a very, I'm a hypocrite because I live in one of them.
0: No, I mean the condos. condos. It's not a, about condos. It's just it's. it's the, part of it is it's condos. Architecture, right? You there go is down good
1: architecture anywhere. in the city, but it's all covered up.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: good around building is gorgeous. You go to you see old city hall, oh, city hall. Exactly. There is some good architectures around yeah. the city, but it's all. Yeah blocked by condos and the gardener and the rock and the old rogers center but it's new.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean the, the gardener is one thing like the they got rid of a lot of the nice buildings that they had like years ago before they they kind of changed the rules around it um but yeah i like some of the condos are fine but it, it's it's just it's poor planning you know the, the way the city's laid out yeah you make sure it's
0: pretty cool um uh, i actually like uh, I hear your point about uh, the tra- like the transit issue, but at least the exhibition as a whole, it, it's a pretty cool place. Like whether you go for the game or you go for Expo, it's, true. It, it's a nice atmosphere, right? It's something it's nice to see in like in the heart of the city. So, um, so yeah, I mean it would be nice I'm to have see a good. I'm,
1: I'm place. all for it, and unfortunately, there is part of this development is more condos. <laughs> <For sure. laughs>
0: Well, that's that's it's the most uh, Anything well, that gets, like, kind of
1: new bars? man, new bars, new restaurants is always a plus. Office buildings, although again, I think even coming out of a pandemic,
0: who I mean, knows might be
1: Sorry, but
0: well, who knows? There might be a cl- box in one studio close by someday near the Boxing Yeah,
2: Center. hopefully, hopefully. One day, yeah we we touched a little bit on uh, on the exhibition grounds and, and TFC so that that brings us to uh to the final topic uh a li- little bit sad but you know at the same time I I mentioned this before I'm I'm not entirely it 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 doesn't really bother me that much uh so Toronto FC manager Greg Banny steps down uh as manager of of the club uh somewhat surprising uh there had been there's there'd been talk back in October that the the deal had pretty much been done. He just needed to sign, and now it's kind of come to the point where uh, he's gone, and TFC needs uh, needs a new manager. So this is this is very close to my heart. Uh, Greg Vanny was the manager during some during not some during the best years of the club. Um, some of my my fondest memories over the past few years have have been in that stadium watching the teams that he's been managing. So it's 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 sad in, in one respect, but at the same time. Uh, probably time to move on. Like he used to make a lot of moves that would kind of make me scratch my head, but um, uh, I, I don't know. What, what are your, what are your guys thoughts on, on the move in general? Were you surprised to hear it? I know private you were when you messaged me or when you messaged us.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't really travel closely to TFC. So I wasn't aware of anything that was going on with his contract, with the situation why do you think he left?
2: So, some some of the talk was was about. Um, he he said he's he's more of a builder, uh, and and TFC is kind of at that stage where there there's there's no building that needs to be done. They're they're now a well established club. You know they've they've been near at or near the top of the league for the past uh, five ish years. Um, they have a lot of established players. They're kind of at that point where you know you're not you're not really nurturing young talent but you're more bringing in those top guys um and I I think his his philosophies just didn't jive with with where the club was at now also um there's a lot of talk about TFC not playing in Toronto this year uh the pandemic they were playing uh in Connecticut uh and it apparently like it it was just really hard for him because he was he was away from his family it was it was kind of a bubble situation when no other team was in a bubble situation because tfc wasn't allowed to play in toronto uh so there's some talk about maybe you know that probably put a little bit of a strain on on him personally and it's it's like i'm pretty sure it's been a tiring few years for him um like you look back at you know post mls cup win and then you know into champions league and and like it it I'm sure he's he's probably a little bit burnt out, and you know it's just time for for a new uh new new challenge.
0: Yeah, and I think he's honest about that piece, right? He 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 took the team on when they were the laughing stock of MLS, and you know taking them to heights. We we talk about how Raptors won championship, has done wonders for the franchise, and you know obviously the preceding years of success go, go along with it, but the fact that. You you know, you take that team, you you win the supporters' shield, you take them to the MLS final, you lose the final, you come back, you beat the same team, you win a championship, you go to, uh, was it the semifinals for it? Yeah, the semifinals uh, that they made it for. uh, Finals. Finals, yeah, for the CONCACAF Champions League. So you've you've pretty much done everything you've wanted to, right? And and it's true that once you get to that point, you may need a different voice because now it's no longer about giving that club an identity. You have an identity. It's a well-established club. You have the ability to attract big names. Uh, It's how do you evolve from there? So I think I always believe that every coach has a shelf life. And and, and I think it's him being honest when he says he's more of a builder. He can probably go in and we can see, right. Even in like baseball, for example, there's some GMs who are pretty good at setting up the franchises with trades and draft picks. Um, not very good at pulling the trigger when the team's, you know, at, on at the cusp. And do you go for it or you don't? And some of them are pretty good managing that well-established team in a well stock farm, but aren't very good at drafting, developing. So I, I, I think it, it, people have the strength, and I think from that standpoint, Vanny. Uh, I,
1: I don't know if it's the strength thing. I mean, he succeeded very well doing building and me staying on top. I mean, isn't he going to win coach online for coach of the year this year?
2: I don't know. Um maybe, but I I, I don't I don't know if he wins that. Um but you, you you're it's it's a it's a valid point though. Like something I, I, I something about it seems off. You're out of,
1: you're in one of the top franchises in the league. You'll probably be paid if not as the highest paid coach near the high near the top, you have all the resources you need, expected to win every year, and you say, Nah, you know, I want to go rebuild. Something just doesn't seem right. I I think it's more in line with maybe the family situation. Maybe he's burnt out.
2: Yeah, or he, he may yeah. not have had the autonomy, you know, like to yeah. bring in Yeah, probably,
1: yeah with Bezbachenko gone, maybe the, the that synergy just wasn't there. Yeah. And this is just because I can't fully buy the whole. Yeah, the I would rather go and build something up from scratch again after going through all that a year. Yeah, and when there when there are no guarantees that a rebuild will work, and when you talk about shelf life, how many players are left on this team that were on the championship team?
2: There's still a few, uh, a few core pieces who are you know you know, like somebody like Altidore mm-hmm. is, is over here. He's, he's getting, you know, he's getting up there. Like, I, I think they're, they're starting to, there's, there's some, some cracks that are, they're starting to form. And, you know, it's, uh, but I, I honestly think that it's, it's, it is probably the, the, the autonomy. It's probably the family. It's probably a combination of a lot of things. And like, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure if anywhere, any one of us were in that situation where you're away from your family for, mm-hmm. you know, five five three three months I think it was like you're gonna feel that and you're it's it's probably gonna really like if somebody put a contract in front of me in October and said you know do you want to sign this but we don't know where, where we're gonna be playing next year we might be in Connecticut again like it's I tough know. to commit to
1: no that's fair I, I I accept but I think it's more probably family you're right and yeah maybe just that synergy wasn't there with the front office that he may have once had I'm just as an outsider looking in, yeah. and sometimes some of these builder like oh, I'm a builder and this team is all set good to go. Well, and I don't know if I fully buy that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like I said, some of my 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 fondest memories are in that stadium with with teams that, that he was coaching, and you know, watching at at bars with with my brothers and and my fiance. You know, just uh, like. Some of the memories are a little bit hazy, but man, I those are probably some of the best years of my life just just because of what, you know, some partially what he brought. But I mean, you know, Javinko, having Javinko played a a big role. That's why I'm not entirely uh upset that he's leaving. I think you can find somebody else and I think I think if you have that one magical player, it makes a big difference, but you know, Greg, thank you for for the memories. Uh there were some fun years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with that, I think, uh, I think that brings our episode to a close boys. Um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get on a more, um, uh, regular schedule, but I think this was a good one. Uh, so it's, it's a good spot to end off. So, um, thanks everyone to, uh, for listening to box one, um, look at our, look out for our next episode. Hopefully it'll be soon. And as always make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Um, subscribe to our podcast you know the it's on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts wherever you listen um you know comment on on instagram on on twitter uh interact with us let us know if there's anything you want to hear but honestly we we really appreciate uh the support and glad that you guys have been sticking with us even though you know we took a little bit of a little bit of a break uh any any closing words guys
0: no please uh, and if you uh, liked our episodes or podcasts uh, just Leave us uh, a comment or feedback wherever you listen or, you know, whether it's YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Are we finished? Done.